Welcome to your Monday edition of Transformation Radio. Hello, mercy, I have been searching for you lately. I've been wounded and from what I hear you have the remedy. They told me you would be for me, so now I need to know. Is this love that can save me or say you will then don't Will you stay with me when nobody is around If this is real then tell me now Can you hold me I remember one night in, in my tent, I was laying there, 
And I was saying to myself, Lord, I, I know there's a better way. Mm-hmm. And I, all I know is that, you know, I remember a, a verse in the Bible about abiding by me. And I think it was about the true vine. And I am the true vine, and my father is the vine gardener. Vine gardener. Uh, any branches that does not produce fruit, I will take away. And the branches that do, I will prune and it will produce even more fruit. And when, and you are already clean because of the word. And there's nothing that you can do without me. You abide by me and I will abide by you. And I, that just came to me. And, and I remember my grandma was used to read that, that verse along with a couple of others. But that was the one that always stuck out to me. And that night, I made a decision to do something about my life at that point. Because where, where I was, I was, just, I was just existing. There was no purpose. And so I, and I was going to church. And, you know, I, but I still wasn't, my, my walk wasn't strong enough. But then I went, to, I went to a brother in Christ named Steve that goes to my church. And I asked him for help. You know, because I didn't really, you know, open up to a lot of people. I used to say to myself, and I was self-reliant. And that's probably why I ended up the way I did, you know, think I could do it all myself. But um, we sit down and talked, and I went deep with him about how I felt inside about things and about what I needed. And he said, oh, he needs Christ. And we, we went through a couple of more verses in the Bible, and we prayed. And he asked me, do you want to do this? Because this means a commitment in your life, you know, to change and to get renewed in a, in a better way and for you to become the man that God wants you to be and be more Christ-like. And at that point, I didn't want, I wanted that so bad and I felt something come over me. It was like a shuddering, you know, I just, I cried like a baby and I tried not to because I was one of those guys that didn't want to, you know, show, I thought that was, that was a sign of weakness. But I couldn't stop, and I just cried like a baby, and you know, and I, I just bellowed and bellowed, and I cried out loud, and and I never felt nothing like it. I knew something that came over me, and he said it was the Holy Spirit, and I told him I submit. When I submitted, then I knew that I had made the right decision. I knew that Christ was dwelling in me at that point. I knew He was carrying me, and I knew He was doing something for me I couldn't do for myself. And so he set up the interview, and I came that Monday. And when I came, I was just a little nervous, but I was so relieved also, you know, because I knew what was out there and what was waiting for me. And since I've been here, now I'm in the third phase, and I've been through all types of transition. God has showed me how to deal with temperament, you know, gave me gratitude and showed me how to have patience and how to deal with people and give me discernment and all types of things that I didn't think I had in me. But I know Christ, through Christ, that everything is possible. And to this day and right now, I'm so grateful for the refuge and for the leadership and for the pastor Tom and the, all the guys that are in here that embrace me and show me that there's love and compassion on this earth. And I'm happy to be here and and thank the Lord for all that's happened to me. Because now even 
me and my fiance's uh, relationship is even now restored. And we are growing in Christ also. And we keep in touch. And everybody here, my pastors, my friends, my new family, they all got to know Tracy. And, you know, my life is fulfilled through Christ now. And thank you for letting me share. And now it's time to look into the New Testament. Our reading today will be from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 1 through 23. And here in this chapter, Peter uses the keys for the third and last time, as he opens the door of faith to the Gentiles. How wonderful is the providence of God! Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, was being prepared for his life's work. And Peter was about to break down the ancient barriers between Jews and Gentiles. Known to God from eternity are all his works. But God had to prepare both Peter and Cornelius. He spoke to Cornelius while he was praying and to Peter while he was relaxing. The lesson here is to be alert to the voice of God. You never know when he may have a word for you. Not so, Lord. For I have never. That's the response that leads to defeat. God was about to do a new thing, and Peter wanted to hold on to the old. He calls him Lord, but refuses to obey him. Yet God tenderly instructed Peter, and the apostle surrendered to his will. Peter did not get to finish his sermon. When he said, Whosoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. They believed and were saved. Wow, what a great way to stop a sermon. And now let's begin reading in the New Testament. June 15th, the New Testament, Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 23. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? he asked the angel, and the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa, and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner, who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened, and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius's messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared. I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? 
Just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you are looking for. Why have you come? They said, We were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house, so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. Today we're reading Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3. You know, it's one thing for a group of people to journey together to Jerusalem for a feast, and quite something else for them to live together day after day. Abraham and Lot, Isaac and his family, Jacob and Laban, and Joseph's brothers remind us that brethren do not always dwell together in unity. Unity must come down from above, like the oil running down Aaron's beard and bathing the twelve jewels on the breastplate, or like the dew descending on the mountains. You can manufacture uniformity by manipulating people and exerting pressure, but true unity can come only from God by His Spirit. Unity is good like the dew that produces fruitfulness. It is pleasant like the oil and produces a lovely fragrance. Divisions among God's people produce opposite results. Have you heeded the admonition of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6? God is very pleased when the brethren dwell together in harmony. Psalm 133 Verses 1 through 3. A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. A psalm of David. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony, for harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced His blessing, even life everlasting. Proverbs 17, verses 7 and 8. Eloquent words are not fitting for a fool. Even less are lies fitting for a ruler. A bribe is like a lucky charm. Whoever gives one will prosper.
This is Tony. I want to give out affirmation is Jacob Ford. You're only 19 years old, bro, but you're really stepping it up. You're doing a great job as being a leader and uh, helping me as a, a coordinator. I appreciate you. I just want you to know that. Love you, bro. This is Jim Hank. I would like to give an affirmation out to Corey Blanchard. Um, Corey, I just appreciate the, how far you've come in the refuge. Um, for somebody that's never picked up a Bible in his life, you really uh, I look at you very uh, as a spiritual uh, partner in all this, and I just enjoy having you. Um, you're going to be a blessing to people coming behind you, and I just want to say that I love you, and uh, I'm enjoying this journey with you. God bless. I want to welcome you back to day six of our Daring Faith campaign devotions. Giving to God strengthens my faith. And let me begin by reading Malachi 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. If you do, says the Lord of armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have room enough to take it in. This verse reminds us that God uses finances to test your faith. Have you ever had to decide between paying a bill and tithing? You only have so much money, so where's it going to go? That's a test. God is saying, do you really believe that I can take care of your bills? Or do you think you have to take care of them on your own? And so he says in these verses, you bring all of the tithes into the storehouse. If you do this, I'm going to open the windows of heaven. I will pour out the blessing. Try it. Put me to the test, he is saying. In essence, God is saying, I dare you. I dare you to see what I will do if you become a giving, generous person. Tithe and see what happens in your life. Did you know that there are more promises in the Bible about giving than any other subject? Jesus talked more about giving than he did about heaven and hell combined. I believe that this is because giving is the essence of being like Jesus. In fact, the Bible says that God is a giver. God so loved the world that he gave, John three sixteen. When we give, it shows God that we trust him and that we believe in his promises to take care of us, to provide for us. Giving strengthens, it stretches, it tests your faith. So, Back to the practical. Do you really believe that God will take care of your bills? If you're struggling in this area, ask God to help you in your unbelief. And then take a step of daring faith and begin tithing. Trust him by doing what he tells you to do. He wants to help you to find the freedom in your finances that only comes from trusting in him. As you pray about your financial needs, you write them down and then you watch and you see how God provides. Let's pray together. Our Father, in this very practical area of our finances, we want to trust you. Everything you've given, it's yours. It's given by you, and it's to be used to glorify you. And so we pray that you would help us to trust you day by day. And when worries creep in, instead of the worries controlling our life, we want our trust in you to control our life. So, Lord, if we need to begin giving, begin tithing, help us to trust you. If you've been giving already or tithing, help us to continue to trust you knowing that you are the one, you are the one who provides for us. In Jesus' name, we trust you. Amen. I'm the one who 
with two left feet standing on a lonely street. I can't even walk a straight line. And every time you look at me, I'm spinning like an autumn leaf, bound to hit bottom sometime. Where would I be without someone to save me? Someone who won't let me fall.
This is Doug Payne with Refuge. Please be praying for the men who will be attending our Monday orientation meeting, which starts at 10 o'clock this morning at the Hilltop Lutheran Church, located at the corner of Broad Street and South Terrace Avenue in Columbus, Ohio. Please be praying for the men who will be at our meeting today and for your fellow brothers who have already committed to making positive changes in their lives. Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.